0: You've been a solid performer for some time now.
1: Plus, you're my brother-in-law. You get older, you think about things.
2: You're a young man.
1: We both are. The world's still in front of us. Of course. My estimate, historically, 80% of the time it ends up in the can, like Johnny Sack. Or on the embalming table of Corsarelli's. Don't even say that. No
2: risk, no reward. I mean, yeah, our line of work, it's always out there. You probably don't even hear it when it happens, right? There's your friend in there, on the wall. <laughs> Listen to us, morbid fucks.
1: Don't come to think of it, you never pop your cherry in that regard,
3: right?
4: No.
1: Yeah, your old man was the fucking Terminator. I'd come close, I'd done other shit, but... No. I shall look. The big fat pain in a bowl. These days, I'm looking for a little inspiration. And please, Trump Mafia listeners, send me some mail. Tell me what you want to talk about. Tell me what you're interested in. Because when I look around, Biden, Chinese spy balloons, Trump posting high school pictures of DeSantis... Like Tony Soprano, it seems morbid as fuck. But hey, like they say, we got to press on. We got to keep fighting. We got to find some inspiration
2: somewhere, anywhere. Last night I reported on the State of the Union. It is strong. Fresh off a fiery State of the Union speech, President Biden took his economic message to Wisconsin, where he mocked Republicans who heckled him Tuesday night. Marjorie Taylor Grittner stood up and said, liar, liar, Minds me of that liar, liar, house on fire. The president began last night's address by urging Congress to come together. Speaker, I don't want to ruin your reputation, but I look forward to working with you. (laughs) But that civility quickly disappeared. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy seen shushing members of his own party at least four times. Republicans interrupted Mr. Biden when he talked about stopping fentanyl from being trafficked across the southern border. President Biden also turned the tables. Some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Well, I'm glad to see you. And I tell you, I enjoy conversion, as we all apparently agree. In the Republican response to President Biden, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders argued he is unfit for the job and said that the choice between the right and the left is really the choice between normal and crazy. Tomorrow, the president heads to Flora, another battleground state as he prepares to launch that reelection campaign. Nora. Weijia jang
1: at the White House, thank you so much. See, I, I have to say I used to like Joe Biden, just a little bit, but when I look at his son, laptop, the crack, the dirty business in other parts of the globe, I just get a sense that all these fucks are just corrupt. I looked around at some of them at the State of the Union address, and they all look like gargoyles. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think had a pimp fur on. You know feels like they're just feeding their mouths at the trough of greed, destruction, ego. And they're all playing a fucking game with the lives of ordinary citizens, with people who are impoverished, disenfranchised. I was talking to a colleague this week, and the topic of the IRS came up. I can't express, with any more frustration, what he told me he had just heard.
4: But this notion, the Republican Party is so effective, they essentially, they represent the top 1%, full stop, and they manage to convince people on the lower income side that they're representing them. And the notion that the IRS has, is some sort of like demonic force here to harass American households, defunding the IRS is nothing but a a tax increase on lower middle-income homes. Because here's the thing, the rich have figured out a way with their lobbyists and corporations to take the tax code from 400 pages to 4,000. So to audit a wealthy person or a corporation takes an army of skilled auditors that are expensive. So what happens? All the technology and all the automation has increased the audit rates of lower middle-income homes who cannot get away with any sort of tax avoidance, but They don't have the resources to go after the top 1%, and it's estimated that every year the top 1% avoid about $160 billion in taxes because there's no cop on the beat. And it just amazes me that the American people and Republicans feel like they have brilliantly positioned the IRS as some sort of invading army. No, they're not. When you defund the IRS, you are raising taxes on the lower and middle income household because if the 1% and corporations don't pay their fair share. By the way, 50% of all profits from U.S. corporations have been offshore to lower tax domains. It's a zero sum game, folks. Small and medium sized businesses and lower and middle income households. If big business and the top 1% don't pay their taxes because there's no enforcement, then guess who pays more? I knew the
1: game's been rigged for a long time. Now, if I'm being honest, what can you really do? Can you even fight this fucking system anymore? I'm no liberal commie pinko, as they say. But where's the fairness? Where is the modicum of decency that at the end of the day, we are in this together at some point, right?
3: Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Meet the Press Reports. And this week, it's a deep dive into the American oligarchy. We've heard politicians say it before. They claim they want to take big money out of politics. But they never seem to do it, do they? So just how much money is in our politics and specifically in our elections? Well, here's one truism, it continues to grow. Through June in the 2022 cycle, there was nearly $10 billion raised for just House and Senate races. I'm not counting gubernatorial races here, just House and Senate. This level of fundraising our election system is growing exponentially. Because if you go back to 2014, there was just under $5 billion raised for the House and the Senate alone, and we're basically already past that mark. It was just over a little of half of what it was in the first 18 months of the 2022 cycle, and we know it's gonna be well over 10 billion now. But the truly new phenomenon here is the mega donor class. In 2014, only three people decided to donate at least $10 million of their own money to various House and Senate races. In 2022, that number is now up to 18, a six-fold increase. And even as we see this wealthy donor class pour millions of dollars into our elections each year, there's millions more in dark money that they put on, uh, pour in on top of it. Those are funneled through nonprofits and basically are untraceable. But as the list of individuals donating millions and billions of dollars grows, so do concerns that political campaigns are essentially being hijacked by this wealthy class, controlled by this donor class, made up of individuals who have this outsized influence, not just who wins the election, and who runs the country but what issues are even debated in these campaigns
1: you know since the inception of this country we seem to be the world's arbiter of good faith or this idea that america it has to stand up to bullies it has to stand up to foreign corruption has to stand up for democracy but let's be real we can't run our own shit So what's the point of making any foreign policy?
2: 500 women and a handful of men packed into the Tampa Marriott Water Street on Friday to attend the Moms for Liberty Joyful Warriors National Summit.
3: We have drawn a very clear line in the sand that says our school system is for educating kids, not indoctrinating kids.
2: DeSantis walked through the actions he's taken, including keeping schools open, signing into law the Parents' Bill of Rights, Curriculum Transparency, and the STOP WOKE Act.
3: It was really save uh, the childhood for so many kids throughout the state of Florida. And that's something that's gonna make a difference for years and years and years into the future.
1: In other news, as I have scoured the internets looking for something of substance to discuss about our friend Donald, I realized that Trump might be in the phase of where he was in the Republican primaries. The high school name calling phase, the bully phase, the discredit anyone that runs against him phase. The textbook Trump-Roy Cohn-fucking-destroy-anyone-in-your-path phase. And I don't think anyone cares at this point. Or maybe, just maybe, his base is getting ready to spring into action. I keep seeing a lot of weird DeSantis headlines mainly around critical race theory or something about a college or school in Florida.
0: I'm not sure what this all is about. The Republican primary battle between failed former president Donald Trump and current Republican governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, hasn't even started yet. And it is already getting towards allegations of pedophilia. I know that it sounds crazy, but failed former president Donald Trump has gone very, very low suggesting that Ron DeSantis might be a pedophile in a new attack in which he accuses DeSantis of grooming young girls. This is really something else. Business Insider has a story about it. Trump shares photos of DeSantis alleging he partied and drank with high school girls when he was a teacher. Trump re shared a 20 year old photo of DeSantis that appears to show him posing with recent high school graduates. The original poster accused DeSantis of using alcohol for, quote, grooming high school girls. Trump is ramping up attacks against the Florida governor who may challenge him, may challenge him for the 2024 GOP nomination. Here is the post Donald Trump posting yesterday. That's not Ron, is it? He would never do such a thing. And indeed, it is an image shared by a different truth social user. Truth central with a picture of an individual that appears to be Ron DeSantis, three women whose faces are blurred and the title here is ron de grooming high school girls with alcohol as a teacher
1: it seems like in new york legal circles that the stormy daniels hush money payment story is recirculating as alvin bragg the manhattan district attorney is bringing people in to talk to a grand jury michael cohen being one of them Remember that guy. Man, listen, at this point, what I find interesting is that this petty shit that Trump did, again, who cares? Where's the Southern District? This guy, Alvin Bragg, seems like amateur hour. And that it appears prior to this grand jury, Bragg shut down a more sophisticated investigation by a DA in his office named Mark Pomerantz.
2: Former Trump attorney Michael Cohen says he is set to meet with Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg today in an ongoing investigation into former President Trump's alleged hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. Cohen's announcement came on the same day that a new book by Mark Pomerantz, a former Manhattan Special Assistant District Attorney, who spent a year investigating the former president's personal and business finances, hit
4: stores the new book people versus donald trump lays out the case prosecutors built against the former president and the author's strong disagreement with the manhattan district attorney's decision not to bring charges and he joins us now welcome to you and thanks for being here with us thanks very much pleasure uh, to be here no of course so your book lays out the case that you believe should be brought against donald trump and we all know that he has denied any wrongdoing uh, what was some of the most compelling evidence that you found
1: well Uh, there were a lot of documents that made the financial statement case Uh, Michael Cohen was helpful uh, but it's a combination of a huge amount of circumstances that's hard to articulate in a moment which is part of the reason I wrote the book I thought it was important for people to know what we had what the process was what the investigation was and what the back-and-forth was because it's something that people typically don't see From what I gather, Pomerantz wanted what I've been screaming about since the start of this podcast. Bring a RICO case against Trump. Bring serious charges and let him fight it out in front of a jury in New York City. Pomerantz's assessment and his book states that Trump was basically a mafia boss and running the organization in a similar manner. Kudos to him. But for some reason, between Cy Vance and Alvin Bragg, They all decided not to move forward. I haven't read the book as of yet, but I plan on it, and I could fill you in later on the details. I kept wondering at this point if anyone cares. If anyone out there even realizes that recent polling shows that Trump could be neck and neck with DeSantis for the nomination. And right now, I guess this is the quiet before the storm. A time where we have the ability to not care. Until this guy riles shit up again. If you listen to the pundits, they seem to think as a country, we are in a better place. And that Trump has run its course. He doesn't have a shot. I guess we will see. Trump Mafia listeners, I wanted to let you know, I just dropped a new audio documentary podcast. It's called The Syndicate, The Murder of Don Bowles. This story is a true crime series that delves into the tale of Bowles, who was a journalist at the Arizona Republic who in 1976, in the middle of investigating the mafia in Phoenix in a corrupt dog track, was blown up inside his car. It is one of the only times that a journalist was murdered on American soil, and this mystery remains covered up until this day. Here is an exclusive listen to the trailer. In today's world, across the globe, we read stories about journalists being killed in the Ukraine, or a headline of a reporter who was gunned down by a Mexican drug cartel.
0: Tonight, more bloodshed in Mexico. Another journalist killed this week in the country. Five reporters have now been killed there less than two months into the new year. The assassination of an
1: American journalist on American soil is rare, bizarre, and defies belief.
2: Don Bowles is a 47-year-old investigative reporter for the Arizona Republic. He's been working on a series about the Mafia. Today, as he attempted to start his car, a bomb went off. A
1: car bomb (laughs) is the tactic of a terrorist a calculated and thought-out plan to maim or kill, but even more, send a message. This was a bombing under a car in central Phoenix. Someone wanted to send a message. The reason for unpacking this story now in 2022, very simple and straightforward. The murder of Don Bowles, In all the investigations to date is the sheer fact that no one on the side of law enforcement has just told the truth. And why do some power players inside the state of Arizona still want to cover up why Don Bowles was killed? For the final time, we're here to close the chapter on this dark event in American history and settle all scores.